three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff. This is Nuclear Knowledge. Production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Nuclear Knowledge, a weekly show of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies where we are advancing peace, promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. The views of the host are his own, and those views come from me, your host, Jim Petrosky. And today's show is a continuation of the multi-part series about the Nuclear Command, Control, and Communication System, often referred to as the NC3 system. Today, I will focus on fundamental communications associated with the NC3 system. And as the name NC3, Nuclear Command, Control, and Communication System, communications is a vital component. As a reminder, the NC3 system is an essential and critical component of our nuclear deterrent. According to Air Force Doctrine Publication 3-72, it is a means through which presidential authority is exercised and operational command and control of nuclear operations is conducted. The rule of communication is obvious. A decision is only important if it can be communicated effectively to those that must respond to that decision. So let's get started. Since we're discussing communication, it's useful to back up and consider what is meant by communication. Communication, in the most general sense, is the movement of interpretable and meaningful information from one location or platform to another. Communication requires that there is information to be moved from a sender via transmitter, and that the information to be moved is able to be put into a format that can be moved within the environment in which the platform exists. That's called the medium. And the platforms are each able to put that information into a format that allows the information to be interpreted by the acceptor or the receiver and convey the intended purpose of that movement. That's a lot, but that's really what we're doing. For example, suppose you wish to communicate with somebody in your home that it was time for dinner. Assuming you know how to form the sentence, you could communicate it by shouting, it's dinner time to another person. However, if that person did not speak your language or understand it, they may hear you, but they won't understand. Did you communicate? Well. No, because the intended information was not conveyed or interpreted correctly. The first person could take a different approach and wave a hot dog at the other person, and that person may get the idea. However, they may get other ideas too. I'll leave that to your imagination. Thus, communications require that the transmitter and receiver have a set of rules language, or computer code that can effectively communicate the needed information. Let us say that the other person speaks the same language, but instead of being in your home on Earth, you were in space. Contrary to what you've seen on Star Trek and other Hollywood movies, sound does not transmit through a vacuum, like the vacuum of space, 
because the medium upon which the air travels, air is not there. Thus, you could shout as loudly as possible, and the person next to you would hear nothing. Uh, You would also not be able to breathe, and the absence of pressure would cause your lungs to collapse and your eyes to explode, but I'm ignoring those little details. So, method and medium matter. In my dinner time example, calling dinner time would work even if you do not see each other or if it were dark. Waving a hot dog would require that the transmitter and receiver see each other in the light of day, although I do suggest it not be done in public. Thus, even in its most fundamental form, communication has important requirements and the sterile requirements of my examples are no exception. So what communications are necessary for the NC3 system? Starting with the sensors, once a signal is detected and the sensor must communicate the information to a decision maker. Based upon the protocol, it may be assessed initially to ensure that the signal represents a true threat. But if it is credible, then that fact, vice the sensor information, must be communicated to those involved in the decision-making process with the final decision made by the president for a response. And that response must be communicated to the shooters who have the important task of carrying out the response. Now, this might sound quite easy, but consider the consequences if it fails. How could it fail? Well, first, it simply could not work. If that occurs, then no response and thus potential total annihilation from a nuclear aggressor. Therefore, the NC3 communication system is robust, and by robust, meaning built strongly and to function correctly in all circumstances against an enemy determined to break it, including with the use of many effects of nuclear weapons. If you don't know about those, listen to our previous podcasts. This takes a lot of effort in engineering, material sciences, and other sciences, much of what is being recapitalized in our current modernization. Details of this are well beyond the scope of this podcast, but it is a fascinating area of study and research and an object of my personal professional skills for more than 30 years. Aside from direct robustness of the componentry, communication robustness is accomplished by building the NC3 communication with multiple means for communicating, primarily using the electromagnetic spectrum which requires no medium upon which to communicate, that's why it works in space, or wired, which requires, well, wires. Examples of this are wireless satellite, wireless ground-to-ground, wired ground, and ground-to-air to ground stations using a variety of physical forms and frequencies to ensure that blocking all signals is very unlikely. These communication means are designed to function independently so that if any one form is compromised, then there will not be a communications failure. A second communication requirement for NC3 is for it to be secure. Security ensures robustness as a security keeps an aggressor from installing erroneous signals or software into systems that may impede the function and insert doubt into its validity or completely stop its function. Furthermore, security keeps the response methods and approach a secret, thus ensuring that the response 
has the desired effects by not alerting the adversary. Lastly, security keeps an adversary from deliberately causing a nuclear response to seem to take place for some reason of advantage. These require physical security and signal security through cryptography. So, you now have some new knowledge about the overall NC3 communication system. In short, it is quite complex with stringent requirements and designed to be robust, reliable, and secure. Due to our exceptional U.S. know-how, much research and technology, and along with the tireless efforts of our military, the communications portion of the NC3 system is functioning 24 and 7, telling our adversaries that we can and will respond if they take actions against us and thus keeping us at peace. Well, there you go. It's dinner time. Well, I must go. Or looks like someone's waving a hot dog at me. Well, thank you for listening to today's Nuclear Knowledge Show. I hope you learned something new and valuable about deterrence. Stay tuned to the following weeks where we will turn the discussion to recollections from those who have exercised part of the NC3 system. Nuclear Knowledge is a production of NIDS, a 501c3 organization dependent upon donations to provide this podcast. Every donation helps keep this and many other deterrence-related activities happening and helps to bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength and our national deterrence. This podcast is produced weekly, and each episode is released on Monday. If you've enjoyed this show, check out our other podcast, The Nuclear View. You can catch it and all our podcasts at thinkdeterrence.com. I thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative nuclear knowledge. I'm off to eat the hot dog. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies.